following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. We were 45 seconds from airtime, and I received maybe the funniest text message I've ever received. Oh no! So I get—I'll share that here in just a moment. It's—it's not—it's not like the one I just received about 15 minutes ago, trying to tell me that there's been suspicious activity on my PayPal account, and it gives me a LinkedIn link to go to. I will tell you this: I will. I, oh, I, and I, has an area code on the phone number. <laughs> I found that rather humorous too. I uh, this is I, this is more. Uh, this is funnier, I would say. Okay. And uh, I'm going to apologize to my girlfriend now about sharing this on air. Uh-oh. I know she's probably not thrilled about it, but it is hilarious, and I got to share it. I've made this – I think everybody in a way has made this mistake. Like you realize – for a while, like you've heard this song so many times, and you think the lyrics go a certain way, or you don't really know what the lyrics are, so you just kind of word it out to what it sounds like. Watermelon, watermelon is the old trick that, Mo- is, that Monica taught years ago. I'll share a funny story about uh, Chris Brown. He's the SID of K-State Baseball. And we were, I don't know where we were or what we were doing, but we heard, we were listening to the song. Oh, maybe we were at a game and Panama by uh, Van Halen comes up and he thought forever that the song was Cannonball. Not Panama. What? I was like, What? I was like, how is that even possible? That's a very popular song. Cannonball. <laughs> it makes no sense. Hilarious, though. Still hilarious. I bring it up all the time. All right, so here it is. And again, I, I, I apologize <laughs> to my girlfriend, but this is it's too funny. It is absolutely too funny. Here is the text. Just discovered that Bulls on Parade is what's being said in a Rage Against the Machine song and not Balls Out for Rage. <laughs> Isn't that just wonderful? I mean, that is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Okay, uh, Tom Moriello probably would write the lyric that way at some point, but yeah. <laughs> Balls out for rage. Man. I don't know how to... Oh, that's great. It's so funny, it's kind of left me speechless. Uh Uh-huh. In Uh a way. That's one of the best confusing song lyrics I've ever heard. (laughs) There's a lot of famous ones out there. That might take the cake. Uh, Right down to the fact that there's a book about them that... uh, Takes one of the most famous ones for the title. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. Oh yeah, yes the classic uh, the classic Jimi Hendrix mix up, which that's another one I've never quite understood. I think it right. clearly says "Excuse me while I kiss the sky." I mean, come on, it's not too right. tough. By the way, welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, Sage is here with us. 
Where is DG? Who knows? Who knows where DG is? He is not here. Um, I will uh, start with this as well. How about this? Um, Elon Musk getting K-State's motto backwards in, oh, a, no. in a tweet. So it's Latin, right? It's like, to the stars without difficulty or something like that, yeah. whatever it means. But it's at Astra, Paraspra. Mm-hmm. But he put Paraspra at Astra. I, I guess maybe that also works. Does it work? Sage, let us know. Does that work? Is it okay to do so, it backwards? So in other words, he's, so, he's but... saying through difficulty to the stars? Is that what he's getting at? I think so. Ad Astra, Paraspra, to the stars through difficulties. So I'm basically, yeah, it's basically saying through difficulties to the stars. It's backwards, but I guess it's kind of the same meaning, is it not? You can kind of get the same message if it's right or wrong. Given that it's Elon Musk, I'm positive he didn't realize it's the state of Kansas motto. No, probably not. When I first read it, I read it as if it was a state motto. I didn't realize it was backwards until I looked at it twice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sage, so it does work. Sage showing us the proof. Yeah, it, it, it works either way. So I guess I'll let Elon Musk, I'll let him slide on this one. But it is kind of a ding-dong move. One of a few. <laughs> All right. Again, welcome to the game. We got a fun show. I mean, we could just leave that hang right there. Well, I was trying to. <laughs> I was trying to. I got my top ten list coming up in the next segment. Of course, it's Tuesday. Uh, Lincoln Riley, even though we brought the spring game yesterday, <laughs> continues to no live rent-free in the minds of not only OU fans, but including a former coach. We're going to talk to Curry Sexton in our number two. We're going to talk a lot of NIL, and of course, he's a part of a collective group with raising funds and setting up deals for K-State student-athletes with NIL. Number one song of the day and Ask Us Anything is coming up. But how about this? I haven't had a chance to read the whole article, but I kind of have an idea of what it's all about. I think we... If you don't know the story... I just saw the headline, so... okay. I'll give you the headline from The Athletic. And I don't read a whole lot of The Athletic. And you just saw my jaw drop. The headline is, it's about KU football. Kansas could have landed Jim Harbaugh in 2009. Instead, it launched the football program's decade of disaster. As a K-State fan, you couldn't have a better attention grabber than that. Had my attention right away. The Jim Harbaugh story is... Once Mark Mangino stepped down, he resigned in 2009 following that season as you know, the words started getting out that there was an investigation launching in his coaching practices and maybe not treating players the way they should be treated. So the coaching search starts and Jim Harbaugh's name comes up. Now, previous to Jim Harbaugh and going into the NFL and then going on to Michigan, he was at Stanford for four years. So think about that for just a moment. Mm -hmm. The timeline, when you think about it in 2022, seems absolutely screwy, and it makes no sense. Who in the right mind would jump from Stanford to KU? Well, let's remember this. Before Jim Harbaugh, Stanford wasn't a powerhouse program. They were average. They had gone average again, yes, after the Bill Walsh second tenure. But Jim Harbaugh was able to turn Stanford into a winning program once again. 
in the in his last two years. He was there for four. The last mm-hmm. two were, were winning programs, including going to the Orange Bowl in twenty ten, going twelve and one. Huge year for Stanford. Shaw takes over after that and turns it into what it is today, a consistent winner. But still, it doesn't sound right that somebody from Stanford would jump from the Cardinal to Kansas. Two programs that, you know, even to this day don't have the best football attendance. Correct. It doesn't matter how good Stanford is. They just haven't had a solid attendance. I went to a game like four or five years ago, a season opener, beautiful night in Palo Alto, a very fun walk, by the way. Cedar trees all over the place, beautiful houses, great neighborhood. And all of a sudden, here comes the stadium wrapped in cedar trees. Kind of hard to find. Once you see the lights, you know you're going in the right direction. Is this after renovation, even still? I think so. Okay. Yes. And so it comes up that Jim Harbaugh is up for the KU job. He meets... Members of the KU Brass, including Athletics Director Lou Perkins in New York City. And what this article is basically stating is that Jim Harbaugh was ready to take the job at Kansas. Unreal. But the reason Perkins didn't hire him is for basically a couple of reasons. One, Jim Harbaugh wanted to coach Stanford in the Orange Bowl. Perkins did not like that. And Perkins was also, from what I understand, if I remember correctly, was maybe a bit worried that Jim Harbaugh wouldn't stick around too long, maybe use this as a catapult to go somewhere bigger if he was successful. Mm -hmm. KU was a year removed from an Orange Bowl of their own. Mm -hmm. And so they decided to go a different route. That different route was Turner Gill. Turner Gill, a couple of years, won five games, and then they move on to Charlie Weiss. Charlie Weiss goes two seasons in four games. Clint Bowen takes uh, takes uh, takes over after that and wins a game. Then David Beatty comes in and wins six games. Les Miles. Oh boy, we just we didn't have. We deserved more Les Miles at Kansas. Let's be honest <laughs> with you. That was an entertaining story. We needed more of Les, but totally dismissed. I guess I shouldn't say dismissed, mutually agreed to part ways after what came Correct. up with the inappropriate conduct with female students at LSU. And then lackluster Lance Leipold has taken over and has everybody all jolly about KU football because of this uh, behind-the-scenes, all-access documentary that's coming out on KU football called The Blueprint, which I said yesterday, I mean, it looks pretty good. I mean, as a, if I was a KU fan, I'd be a little bit pumped up about the season because it was good video work that was done. And people are high on Lance Leipold. They just beat the worst Texas team in history in OT. In Austin, that landed in their long streak against uh, the Big 12 on the road. My only reaction to this article, which is going to be very new to a lot of people, but the Jim Harbaugh story wasn't exactly a secret before today. You can go back to really the story, the information on this story really breaking about six years ago in 2016, and I believe it was a Dennis Dodd article that came out about that, maybe some others as well. But this uh, this athletic article has once again restored laughs directed towards KU football, and they see this as a big mistake, and of course I, it turns out it was a pretty big mistake. Sure. But, I mean, it's not like Turner Gill didn't deserve this opportunity – but, yeah, I mean, it's fair to say, yes, 
a big mistake was made by Perkins back then and not hiring Jim Harbaugh, a guy who wanted to jump from Stanford in Palo Alto, California, one of the most sought-after places to go live today in America, to Lawrence, Kansas. Now, I get it. Lawrence is just outside of Kansas City, a suburb. You know, you're just literally steps away from the airport, art all over the place. Fountains. Fountains. I mean, it's hard to beat Lawrence, Kansas, and I'm sure Jim Harbaugh saw that. But the headline that says Decade of Disaster, <laughs> it, oh, it's so funny. Laugh. Now, I wanted I to say laugh. something about maybe maybe the Decade of Disaster started with the departure of Mark Mangino and not, not hiring Jim Harbaugh. That would be it. Okay. Yeah, that would be the turn, no doubt about it. Uh, when you consider what Kansas was coming off of at that point, However, as you read the article, one of the things that stands out is the animosity between Lou Perkins and Mark Mangino. I can't say that I'm dramatically surprised that there was animosity there. I may be surprised. I think I'm surprised at the level that it appears to have reached. But Perkins wanted, wanted Mangino out and was looking for the first excuse he could get. That's obvious. So how do you then move forward and make sure that you've got momentum picked back up? Now I will Harbaugh say, would have been the higher, yeah, no doubt. I will say, yes, Harbaugh would have been, it could have been, could have been a big hire, no doubt. I mean, he turned, he's turned into a, a great coach. You know, um, Colin Kaepernick, 49ers, Super Bowl, against his brother, lost. Interesting, though, that if you had asked me a year ago, if I would label him a great coach, I would say probably not. I mean, this a past, good coach. This, this past year, yes, he finally, finally got, got, got Michigan where they should be with Jim Harbaugh as coach in terms of expectations. Now, uh, for, for a player of his, is about to become the potentially the number one pick in the mm-hmm. NFL draft. Right. All of the things, though, that we were sold that Jim Harbaugh was going to do with that program and hadn't accomplished up until that point. A good coach, absolutely. Uh, you know, having seen even the remnants after uh, when he had Josh Johnson at San Diego before he took the Stanford job. The first year that he was at Stanford, uh, I got firsthand look at Johnson, who still amazes me that he's in the league for crying out loud at quarterback. It seems like every time that He's he's turned into Blake Bortles type of a of a running punchline. If there's a quarterback need, Josh Johnson somehow winds up on a roster. Um, you know, to to do what he did at San Diego, to do it at Stanford, absolutely. And if he would have done that at Kansas, holy cow, that would have been tremendous. But he was he was definitely in position that he. Definitely had the fire behind him at that point. Now, I said earlier, it's uh, it's like not like Turner Girl didn't deserve an opportunity. I mean, maybe I'll kind of roll that back a little bit. He had one good year at Buffalo. Correct. The, and he wasn't hired after that year, though. He was hired after a down year. That that hire didn't make a whole lot of nope. sense at the time. And it that that's where it, it gets really weird. How, how do you go from just let Jim Harbaugh coach the bowl game Perkins wanted that early start in recruiting. Mm-hmm. Yet you got this power five coach that wants to come to your school 
and turn uh, you know Stanford Bank into a winning program, and you're going to let that go for a coach that was one good year at Buffalo, a mid-major, a group of five team. Yeah, as you look back at it, it just doesn't make any sense on paper. And the headline is certainly clear, and it's it's true. Well, but let's also be perfectly honest. When it's all said and done, Luke Perkins as athletic director at Kansas could probably rank as a disaster. For sure. With everything that played out over the course of his tenure. And really, that athletic department hasn't gotten much right in the last 15 years. About the only thing that they've gotten right is stay out of Bill Self's way. That's it. The rest of it, when you look at what's gone on with football, with their management, with just, you know, how many ADs they've been through in that time frame, they have not gotten much right. No, you're 100%. 100% correct. They've tried to get it right. The football program, I mean, it's not like they didn't hire guys that weren't successful. Les Miles did win a national championship. True. They didn't give David Beatty time and then no. tried to screw him on the way out the door. Correct. But they got a couple of Texas wins they can hang. Well, okay, there's they can that. Hang their hat on. There's that. I'm not going to say much about that. I I there's, there's too much backstory there for me and, and the Beatty story anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, but that that whole shebang, honestly, Beatty would have been interesting to see what the next year would have been for that program. Instead, they stop the momentum and bring in less is more. My only prediction about KU football in 2022, one word will sum it up, lackluster. It's got to be. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, it's my weekly top 10 up next. Well, if this wasn't just an instrumental and you could hear the lyrics, you'd hear Ooh. What You Want. Ooh. Baby, I Got It. Ooh. I'm just going to leave it there. Just a little bit. Because it kind of ties into Just my top bit. ten list. Just a little bit. As you may know, everybody on the show, they do not know what my top ten list is about until I tell them right here, right now. And, of course, it has to do with NIL. We saw the Nigel Pack numbers, $800,000 over two years plus a car. It's a pretty good deal. Ooh, and I'm, I'm sure there's more attached to that as well. Who knows? He might get endorsements somewhere. And, of course... You know, if he were to do like some autograph signings, make a little extra cash there as well. Into club. It is club. South Beach. Yes, you're correct about that. Miami, one of the biggest nightlife towns in America. Hubie. So I got to wondering, you know, back in the day, I used to be an athlete. And if NIL was around back then, what would I want? In NIL. Big time recruit. Should have been NCKL honorable mention. Didn't get it. I was snubbed. Curry Sexton knows all about that. And because uh, we used to play against each other. And never really quite got my shot at the next level. Like I should have. I was robbed of my whole life, basically, at the college level because uh, people are just blind. And so I've put together a top 10 list of things I would need 
in name, image, and likeness. So what do you say, Troy? Did we get started? Let's do it. Number 10. Number 10. You can't find these anywhere because I guess there's like a chip shortage. And I'm talking like microchip, maybe yep. not microchip, but like computer chip shortages. Correct. For a while here, I've been wanting an Xbox Series X. I'm ready to step it up in my gaming. I've had an Xbox One for many years, basically since it came out, and I needed an upgrade. Well, the Xbox Series X is an upgrade. It's like 500 bucks. But you know what, colleges, if you want Mitch Fortner, better get out there and find an Xbox Series X and throw it in the deal. But that's not where we're – that's just a start, all right? This is a top ten list. Number nine. Now, those companies out there that would endorse me, they're obviously going to want to promote their stuff, right? Or if you put me on a show or something, you want to promote that. Mm-hmm. Well, where's the best place to go promote things? On the YouTube series Hot Ones. Oh. Now, I'm a big wings guy. I love spicy and it's kind of a dream of mine to be on that show. The guy who hosts the show asks really good questions, and I think that'd be the best interview ever. And I'm hardly ever on the other end of the interview. I'm usually the one doing the asking the questions. Right. I never get to answer the questions. So why not? Hot Ones would be my top destination. Not the Howard Stern show. Hot Ones. Interesting. Yeah. Now, Howard is up there. Sure. Howard's up there. Uh, maybe third place would be like 60 minutes. <laughs> or if Barbara Walters is bored. I, I, I was going to say, Oprah. Can, Oprah can, would be great. can we bring Mike Wallace back for the 60 minutes interview of Mitch Fortner? I would prefer Anderson Cooper. Oh, okay. All right. Number eight. When I was a kid, I wanted this laser tag game so bad. I asked for it for my birthday. I asked for it for Christmas. Right. And we're talking mid to late 90s era. And I never got it. And I'm guessing it's because it was such a hot item at the time, my parents just couldn't find it, or they didn't know exactly what they were looking for. But it was a game called Laser Challenge. So what it was is this, like, this, this chest plate and also like a thing in the back, like you throw it over your head. And you wear, I don't know what the best example is, like a bulletproof vest type of thing, but it's a lot smaller. But you kind of wear it the same way. And then, of course, attached to it is a laser gun. And I think it came in a pack of four. I was like, I have three friends. Let's go play laser tag. Mom and Dad, I need this so our friends can go play outside. Never got it. Couldn't get it convinced, huh? So, coaches, I mean, if you want to land this guy... Find Laser Challenge. It's out there somewhere. I would still play at the age of 31. Size-wise, uh, the vest would still work? Yeah. I haven't grown that much. <laughs> Maybe more out than up, you know what I mean? Right. Number seven. <laughs> Number seven. Uh, schools out there, get that edit button on Twitter. Go talk to Elon Musk and uh, say, hey, we can't lay in this kid without an edit button. Everybody knows when I make my commitment on Twitter that I'm odds are I'm going to make some error. Right. I just every time I, t- I I tweet from my phone, I don't know if my autocorrect is screwed up or I just hit the wrong button sometimes and not notice. But there's always an error somewhere in my tweets from my phone. I need the edit button. I got to make sure my commitment announcement or when I just ta- when I just announced my top ten, it's got to be flawless, and that's where the edit button comes in. It's going to happen. 
I'm going to make a mistake somewhere. Sure. It's necessary. Plus, in just my daily tweeting, I need an edit button. I've already talked about that. All right, here we go. Number six. Number six, get me a Whataburger. <laughs> I'm not talking about a burger. I'm talking yeah, about the, the actual the restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to go somewhere <laughs> that has a Whataburger restaurant because, listen, you know, I'm a student athlete. I'm a big deal. That means I'm going to go out and have some fun when I can. I'm going to get hungry late at night. What's open 24-7? Whataburger. Doesn't have to be a late night stop. Go in the morning. They have solid breakfast options. I'm probably going to stroll by before I go to practice and pick up a chicken sandwich or something. <laughs> Student athletes get hungry. Do you want I in on the ownership or just specifically that the restaurant is located near you? I will you? take the endorsement. Okay. I will take a Whataburger endorsement on top of that. Number five. Uh, a house. Too many. I'm not a. I'm not a roommate guy anymore. I've done it. I now live by myself. I I'd like to have a house that I can live by. You know, and if it's far away from home, you know, maybe a finished basement for my parents, and I can take the the you know the the ground level floor, second floor, and third floor, and I can have parties, like a like a good student athlete does. Mm-hmm. Is host parties. Nice. You got to entertain the people. Valid. Off the floor or off the field. Okay. Replete with a pool? Yeah, let's have a pool. Okay. Yeah, a pool. Right. Absolutely. So so then you've got the diving board off the balcony. You know, I don't know <laughs> if my insurance will be that good. <laughs> so how about we just have the normal okay. diving All right. board? All right. Uh, maybe a guest house. That'd be cool. Uh-huh. You know, maybe throw in a groundskeeper. Yeah. See, see, we've gone from the house now to the grounds. Mm-hmm. Well, you gotta have great grass. Uh, no, I, I, under, I, I understand. No, I'm. You're, you're talking now, uh, acreage and you know, and an entire and moss to enjoy. Number four. You know, it wouldn't be right without a free closed deal from Dillard's. <laughs> Dillard's has some great clothes. Oh, God, that's such an inside joke. (laughs) For K-State fans, for sure, yes. But I feel like we have some redeeming to do. And Jacob Poland was actually tweeting about that. Maybe not specifically that. I don't remember what it was. But he was talking about how rich he would be if he had an IO back then, for sure. I mean, for sure. Absolutely, he would. But also, that might mean not being a wildcat his whole career. Yeah, Okay. (laughs) number three it's my dream to be a ring announcer for a big time company so this is a big request the next time AEW comes around to wherever town I'm going to talk to Tony Khan and I want to ring announce just one match I just want to ring announce one match now hopefully you'll hear that and be like oh he's being he just wants to do one match that's so generous what a, what a nice thing we could do this for this guy. You know what? We'll give Justin Roberts tonight off. Let Mitch Fortner ring announce AW Dynamite. That'd be very kind of Tony Khan. Let's go to number two. Number two. Number two on the list of the things I need in NIL, my top ten. Number two is I need a purple with black stripes 1970 Chevy Chevelle SS454. 
You got to have the car, right? Awful, I got to get around. Awful specific. I got to get around, right? Awful specific. Well, when it comes to the muscle cars, which I'm not a big car guy, but my favorite era of cars, the 1970s, late 60s into the 70s muscle cars, to me, the top car was the Chevy Chevelle. Now, that might be, in a way, I don't know if it's controversial, but I'm sure other people would debate me that know more about cars. Oh, no, it's got to be this, or, you know, the Firebird, or whatever. I I was going to say, I'm partial towards Corvettes, so. Yeah. But, no, I I just, I love the look of the Chevelle, the 1970s Chevelle. And, for those that do know their cars, know that that 1970s Chevelle, you want to talk about V8 horsepower, and a car that could get up and go, it's hard to top the 1970 Chevy Chevelle SS454. And and also to me, it also has like it has that classic, like when you picture in your mind muscle car, it kind of has that classic look, in my opinion. So it also just kind of happens to be my dream car. So hook it up, boys and girls. Back before Chevelle became an undersized squirrel operated cheap car in now the, the 80s. the Chevy Chevelle, that's a hot car. 1970, hot yeah. car. Yeah. Then the 1980s hit and it was worthless. Number one. But finally, the number one thing I need in my NAL deal, of course, I haven't mentioned it yet, caboodles of cash. That's, of course, number one on the list, and that is caboodles of cash. I'm not going to put a number on that. Why... Why cap it? I, I, I've got the image of Scrooge McDuck just diving into the vault right now. That's that. That's the image I've got for your Just put the whole cash. vault in that caboodles of cash. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you a dollar amount because it's limitless. It's going to go nothing but through the roof. Kind of the way college athletics is operating right now. You thought Nigel Pack was, in a way, setting, the, uh, setting a benchmark or setting a trend on his deal? I'm going to reset that. I'm the trendsetter now. I'm the trailblazer, <laughs> Nigel Pack. Caboodles of cash through the roof. When we come back here on the game, I'm telling you, we've taken another step in Lincoln Riley living rent-free in the heads of OU fans. That's up next. Oh, Troy Coverdale, this song giving him some flashbacks of those old band parties after games. I was thinking more along the lines of pumping this on the way out to softball at intramurals. Okay. Not at band parties you wouldn't hear this? No, normally no. We didn't do a lot of music at the band parties. Because there was that so much. That doesn't sound there, right. There was so much you're, other. You're a band. Well, we, because we were outdoors predominantly. And given the number of people that were involved, you had to keep it to a minimum so oh. that we weren't uh, disturbing the neighbors. What would you do then? So you wouldn't play music, so what would you, what would take place at these band parties? I mean, we're talking K-State marching uh, band do parties. You, do you have to ask? Yeah. Drinking? Okay, anyway. And? <laughs> you, you drank without music? Oh, n- well, yeah. I mean, honestly. Who was paying Who attention to the music? You got to have some background noise. We, we were having it was it was constant conversations going on, and yeah, it. We did not pump a lot of music, no. Okay. Especially when they were the outdoor parties. 
see what what time like what times would these take place? Are we talking like super late at night? Oh yeah. You're talking ten o'clock and so after. it wasn't so much a party, it was more like just a get together and like Oh no. Because I think there's a difference. Oh no, it was party, it just because of the number of people, we were trying to keep the noise at a level. So was that, there a beer funnel? Yes. Were, was there body shots? No. In most cases, no. So you have a half party. Body shots weren't the scene. We'll put it that way. What? Was, it, was there beer pong? No, because beer pong was not was not a thing. Beer pong has been school. around since the 70s. It was not a thing when I was in school. Was not a thing. There was not a single game of beer pong played at any of the parties that I went to. I'm kind of pulling the 70s out of my rear end. I, th- uh-huh. I, I think I read something one time where you could find beer pong. Sage is going to look this up. How far back beer pong goes? Flippy cup? Nope. Hmm. What what drinking games did you play? Quarters got played a, quite okay, a lot. Okay, quarters, yes. So. You didn't play that knuck like with quarters. You didn't do no. the knuckles game, did you? No, I've done that. It's so dumb. Sage, you got it. So it says it was originally made between the 1950s and 1960s at Dartmouth College. Dartmouth, where Dartmouth. Yeah, yeah. The Ivies, go figure. Yeah. Well, that's like the big drinking school in the Ivy Leagues, Dartmouth. <laughs> also, Troy, your party sound lame. I'm gonna be real here. <laughs> What okay, Sage? Quickly, you're you're a singer, right? Yeah. Do you have parties with the people you perform with? I mean, sometimes it's mostly my my best friend, my roommate. She's in the drum line. They have parties too, but they go pretty hard. Wagers, yeah. I'm telling you, those band kids, they can get after it. Well, it's not that we didn't go hard with the amount of beverages and some things that were going on. It's just that we weren't exactly playing music and well that seems very respectful for what was going on but no music that's like a very respectful party almost because they were always held at someone's house listen if the cops aren't crashing your party trying to shut it down or turning you to the telling you to turn the music down is it really a party for college kids yeah well we tried just to didn't have, want to risk we it just had to obtain a level of Troy didn't hang out with the risk takers. Oh, listen to you. All right. Let's uh, let's take our final break. We'll, we'll get to uh, Lincoln Riley and Oklahoma football next. Man, it just feels like Oklahoma fans, any in those above, they cannot stop thinking about Lincoln Riley. It came up again today, but this is on a, to me. This is a bigger scale here, in a bigger setting. Because we talked about it yesterday, Oklahoma couldn't stop talking about how much, how bigger their right. spring game was right. compared to USC. Better table of one. Hey, look, guys! You see, our our, our our spring game was bigger. It was a lot bigger than USC's. Lincoln Riley's was small. Ours are big. 75,000-ish showed up to uh, Norman to watch the spring game this past weekend, which I said, yeah, yesterday, hey, that, that's great. That's great. But, hey, 33,000 at USC in L.A., that's pretty darn good, too. Right. Especially for a spring game. Those get boring for most fans. At this time of the year. And show me who was left in the fourth quarter. Right. Guessing it's a lot different. But uh, Bob Stoops, winningest coach in Oklahoma history, 
national championship winner, won like 10 Big 12 titles, may have been more than that in his 18 years. So he was at uh, Oklahoma Legislature today, the the House of Representatives, and he was honored for his time at Oklahoma. And he was there to speak to the representatives, and he talked about the history of Oklahoma football, ran through some coaches' names, you know, saying it couldn't have been done for him if it wasn't for them, and then Lincoln Riley's name came up. And he, he delivered a line that did catch a lot of people's attention, and it was, Lincoln Riley didn't invent OU football. And I asked myself, like, well, maybe never know this, but I'm like, why did he think he had to say that? Why, at that point in time, when you're talking to these politicians in OKC, that Lincoln Riley didn't invent OU football? Are people that worried about Brent Venables, who used to coach with Bob Stoops in a couple of locations? Lincoln Riley, who also coached with Bob Stoops, but left after five seasons. He was only there for five years. And is that worry also, Does it is it bundled up with departure to the SEC in three years and the level of difficulty getting a lot higher? They're no longer top dog. They're maybe bottom of the first tier or top of the second tier. I think that there is something not being told about the backstory between Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley. I think that there has got to be a backstory in there that we have not heard about because when Stoops was hired as the interim, even after Lincoln Riley made his announcement of leaving, when Stoops was hired as the interim, there were some things that were said in that press conference that I thought sounded awfully bitter for a guy who was coming back on as the interim coach to follow the guy who replaced him. Can we just set up a home-and-home between Oklahoma and USC and just get this thing over with? Get out in the streets, let's brawl this out, and let's finish it. Because you don't. I'm sure OU fans aren't making a big deal about it. I'm sorry, uh, USC fans are making a big deal. It's all OU. They're still butthurt about Lincoln Riley leaving. I'm thinking Castiglione can't get a call back. All right, we need to take a timeout. We've reached the top of the hour, but when we come back, we're going to speak with Curry Sexton about NIL. That's next on The Game.